0: Hello and welcome to YouTube's favorite comic book channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Before we begin, I want to remind everybody that we do have a Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon now. Three different levels there will get you access to our videos early, and at the King Kayfaber level, you get all the videos, and you get to sit in on the recording session, which I appreciate. It'll give you a leg up on the Kayfabe effect. Check out that Patreon and see what
1: level fits
0: you. I'll
1: say this too, man. Everybody in the chat room is so stoked that we're doing this episode right this minute, man. They're all popping in the the chat. Me too. (laughs) It's part of why I
0: get along with them. Um, The other way to support Cartoonist Kayfabe is to buy our books. You see our bibliography on the screen in front of you right now. We have some big books coming out later this year, starting with Ed Piscor's Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus. You can pre-order that one now. Collects all of the Hip Hop Family Tree comics along with 140 extra pages. So, reserve your copy today. The third season of Red Room is starting up very shortly. These are the covers for Crypto Killers number one and number two. There are also some variant covers. Uh, I will be doing my set of variants along the way. Issue number one is Rob Liefeld's Youngblood. So, reserve that one at your local comic shop before it's too late. My next book is Street Angel Princess of Poverty from Image Comics. This will be out later this summer. You can pre-order it now. It celebrates the 20th anniversary of Street Angel and reprints all the comics that are not in Street Angel Deadly Squirrel Live along with a comic or two that has never been printed elsewhere. So reserve that one today. Pick up Street Angel Deadly Squirrel Live, Hulk, Grand Design, and The Plain Janes. All right, everybody at home Excited to see us dive into Hellboy the Crooked Man. This is Mike Mignola and Richard Corbin telling uh, what I have seen described as the most twisted Hellboy comic.
1: A bunch of wussies out there, man.
0: (laughs) I've also seen this listed as uh, being the basis for the next Hellboy movie. Have no idea if that's true or not. I am here for the Mignola and Corbin team-up and uh, set in Appalachia. So, uh, (laughs) love that. Close to home. I am a fan of Appalachian kind of lore. So, um... Yeah, man. Without further ado, I'm just going to dive into this thing.
1: Doesn't Corbin just have that kind of style that makes you just want to draw?
0: Yes, he does. Yeah, my favorite artists have that quality, and Corbin is right there on the top of that list.
1: It's all such clearly drawn stuff, you know, like uh, he might use some ref for his sculptures and things like that, but it's just clear hand lines. He's got that blunt ink line. That's it's really beautiful
0: solid. great spotting of blacks throughout and you know we're going right into the forest and the mountains uh 1958 is your, is your set virginia i thought it might have been west virginia but it's in virginia and start out with creepy stuff this lady's just passed out stiff on the floor and hellboy's trying to figure out what's up why didn't you take her to a doctor
1: you ever hear of uh, manly wade Wellman? no novelist man in the 80s had this character called uh, called john Who's basically like the the dude who will show up with the little bone? Yeah, like that's basically him. Big influence. Fascinating. On uh, Richard Corbin, I mean, big influence on uh, Mignola. Uh, it was in his thoughts when he was constructing this idea of like Appalachian folklore mythology. With this Remind character. me of
0: that before I leave, because
1: I've been reading more
0: and. Uh, I'd like to check that out. Yeah, that sounds yeah, yeah. up my alley. Especially yeah, yeah. Right now. and and
1: if you Google the books, like like it's this kind of guy. He's he's a musician, and uh, you know travels the world, handles stuff. The the, the almighty uh, bezor or Bezor, right? Like the uh, the human hairball gimmicks that uh, show up in like uh, Calliope, the no no in Sandman issue.
0: Interesting yeah wow wonder if there are other comics there must be a few others
1: well these, these things just like they have myth they have power like in, in folklore and shit. Right? It's, it's a natural occurring phenomenon it's a weird thing you know but it does happen and look at the uh the corbin
0: character designs it really adds to um th- there's a family in appalachia that has sort of become a video favorite and it's like this backwoods i guess inbred People.
1: You guess right.
0: And uh there's a quality here and I wonder if that's something that's played up or if that's just Corbin drawing. Because he does draw people weird.
1: He's built for it, you know. He and, and like with that long panel, like that's that classic, like Barry Windsor Smith, Todd McFarlane, like squeeze that face into the panel.
0: I love the cartooniness of the humans next to Hellboy in a weird way. It kind of makes this world feel like a consistent world.
1: It is interesting that like Corbin for all of his own stylistic ticks. Was he instructed by Mignola to like carry Mignola-isms into the, the work on this one? This is early. I think they've collaborated four or five,
0: six times. And I think this is pretty early on. And it does make me wonder because it feels like there's a little more Mignola in the art yeah. here than uh, some of the other, some of the other uh, Corbin stuff.
1: Could be some chilling effect where it's just like, well, you're getting this opportunity. You don't want to rock the boat too much. So
0: I like the coloring in this, you know, um, shouts to a uh, longtime colorist. Dave Stewart is on board here, and uh, I think it's pretty complimentary to the Corbin art for
1: the most part. Yeah, he does what he can can with it. Uh, like, it's it's my thought. Like, I could I could take the raw materials of this comic and take away all the glitz. Like, there's there's still a polish to the computer color. There's a polish to the lettering. And if you take all that stuff out of, it, if this was published like a Fantagore comic, it would feel like a Lovecraft story from the pulps you know, like, like uh, a totem of black magic or something, you know? I would like, love to
0: see the underground, the fanagore version of this on like newsprint in exactly. black and white. And, yeah. and,
1: like, and like age it for 20, 30 years and just find this thing. It would feel like a relic of black magic that just would have ultimate power. Cause this is the Hollywood version with the computer bells and whistles.
0: How do you think a panel like this happens? Is Manuela doing
1: layouts? Right? It feels it feels it's like so that a little
0: bit right. esque storytelling. Is it just in you know in the script that kind of thing indicated? It's really a nice marriage. But also things like Tom Farrell's face and Hellboy being lit from this fireplace. People just don't do lighting sources anymore. No,
1: it's true. And uh, just like the construction of that, it all makes sense. We've seen this kind of stuff with the the growth, uh, the one rocking chair, like as soon as you go past a certain part of the mason dixon the rocking chair on the porch no matter where you're at that's super important the potbelly stove chimney i had a great grandmother that we would
0: go visit when i was little you know i can barely remember it yeah. and you know she chewed tobacco smoked a pipe and lived in the woods and it was like this you yeah know, it'd be like a two-room house uh you know there'd be a bedroom and then there would be like the big room of like this is the, the stove is over here it's right out of this like it looks exactly like this kind of thing um tom farrell this other character so he's coming back to this area after 20 years on the run running from the devil and he's kind of the exposition guy you know like he allows us to understand what's going on by talking hellboy through some of the this area and its background and a little bit of the witchcraft involved
1: that's a pretty strong image you know like a desecrated bible with uh, this witch's name in it that's what i'm saying imagine seeing that in newsprint published in 1970 or something it would just be it would be too much so much great imagery oh yeah throughout this thing man great chosen moments to like linger on and
0: he's pulling this bible out of like the little trap door area there and it's just covered in like cobwebs and shit
1: that he's pulling away from it i wouldn't it, want to have to draw cobwebs being pulled off it's yeah good especially like these corbin knows something because like in, yeah these are my, great in my parents in the, the old house that, that we grew up in there was stuff in that basement for generations and it would be like beyond cobwebs it would be this thick stuff that's exactly this crap Mm -hmm. you know i haven't thought about that shit until i until i saw that
0: yeah and as he's getting like further down this path he's afraid the devil lives in these woods and he owes the devil something because he had done some uh, witchcraft early on and then ran from it and as he's getting deeper in it just feels like a horror movie and that skin on the bed
1: yeah (laughs) It's good stuff. It's great stuff. <laughs> this this calls to mind some of the Warren uh Richard Corbin stories where I think it's the one with uh where the characters like manifest inside the devil's pinball machine and there's an image of like a little boy with all these candles and shit around inside of a pentagram.
0: <laughs> it's so disturbing. These naked little kids with like bones and just
1: <laughs> Evil symbols. And she's like the Daisy May of of the thing, or the Ellie May for that matter, man, of just like super beautiful, never ages. You know, she Seductive. she's a devil. She's
0: a siren just like pulling him in, and one day he finds a, uh, a squashed black cat. Yeah. Boy, witches know what to do with it, right? Boils it up till it went to pieces, and he's got the bones. And uh cut back to the present because he's wearing one of the bones, that's his lucky bone, according to uh let, the devil.
1: Yeah, let me read this piece, man. And th- and this is all Mignola cobbling together, like, so many little bits of Appalachian folklore into, like, one story. Make, make it something. Curiously, this is Mignola from the, this is from the library edition. Volume 4 is where this, uh, this story takes place. Curiously, while I was writing this story, my daughter discovered a cat leg bone in our backyard. No other bones. Just that one leg bone. Funny. I used it for reference while drawing the title of this story. <laughs> nice. That's that freaky stuff. It's like, it's like when I had to draw Alan Moore once for, for a Harvey Picar comic, and then uh, the garage, I was still at my parents, 21 years old, uh, the garage got infested by flies. So many flies. And I remember that Halo of Flies comic uh, from, uh, from a Swamp Thing, and I knew that he was a magician and shit, and I'm like, fucking Alan Moore curses you. If you draw him, you're going to get a bunch of flies showing up at your house. That's, That's funny. There's also...
0: uh, Manula never totally abandons the humor. You know, just the casual sort of Hellboy interactions I always think are really good. Go back just just one real quick, man.
1: That image of the crooked man is... That sticks with you for life. Same with the silhouette. Just that broken-looking neck.
0: Totally. So good.
1: The two discolored eyes, Mm -hmm. the accurate jaw and teeth, where the teeth are and stuff, the color on it helps sell it a lot. Like, that... It feels realistic
0: i was looking at like the hangman part you don't put a stool underneath this guy and kick it out from under him whenever yeah, he's 40 feet up you're pulling him up by the neck <laughs> right and we see uh Feral getting through you know i guess world war ii the guy's head being just exploded with with uh, gunfire i guess and uh credits that bone you know being uh being kept safe through the war in the pacific and uh, they're kind of reminiscent. This is this is sitting on the boat in Jaws, telling uh, telling stories about how they got there. You know, waiting for the inevitable storm to come. And then, how does this woman become uh, the skin become reanimated? A raccoon crawls through the mouth.
1: This is one of my favorite little pieces, man. Like you, like if this is in fact an inspiration for the next movie, like this scene will be amazing.
0: If you're an effects guy, you have to look at this page and be like, oh yeah. Just licking your chops as she's becoming like animated and, and and volume is returning to her. She's still like twisted up, you, like not a bone in that body. Yeah, yet you don't know what that leg.
1: is. You you don't know exactly what you're looking at there.
0: Great stuff. And uh, I like how even she, as a witch, is sort of uncomfortable with everything that's happening. It's like they've all gotten in over their heads. Like they joined this thing whenever they were way too young to know better. And now it's like, they're just ruined. Their lives are ruined. Their souls are forfeit. This is a nice moment for me for color. That yeah. little bit of orange against the blue knight.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And here comes our horse. Again, all twisted up, bony. You know, like it, when you're drawing horror, there are certain elements, you know, that kind of like anorexic and ribs sticking out. It's sick. It yeah. looks like this is a very sick animal.
1: Yeah, and, and, and it is. And the color palette is anemic. And, yeah. and, but, but, but still, she's. Her beautiful.
0: smiling is like a, an attractive person. Somehow it makes it all worse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'd be better if she had the pointy nose and green skin and pointy hat. But no, it's just a beautiful woman in the middle of the woods sitting on the back of this destroyed animal. feels like Sam Raimi could be directing this right
1: (laughs) yeah definitely yeah she flies away you know there there is that scene in Evil Dead 2 when when the dead girlfriend comes to life she does a dance number and then kind of like skitters off just like that laughing
0: it's great it's great it's almost a reference to superhero comics but just made evil and whenever he goes up Tom Farrell to this horse and starts to take off the uh takes off the harness, and what's left is his dad who's been tortured for the last 20 years since uh, Tom Farrell ran away. Still alive. little bit. These are torturous moments. There's that great one in uh, History of Violence, the Vince Locke graphic novel, where like he and his friend rip off the mob, and he takes off, and his friend gets caught, and his friend's tortured for 20 years. And it's an ugly scene whenever we realize that's what's been happening uh, back home. <laughs> so, Pretty good, man. Pretty good setup. You know, like, what are you going to do now? We, we know there's somebody with powers in those woods. And he's after certainly uh, Tom, probably this witch, and uh, maybe Hellboy. So, good setup. Off we go. This feels very... Mignola-esque to me that cover totally it's a Corbin drawing but boy it feels and even this one kind of feels like that composition that, yeah. that Mignola would do yeah maybe he's just some finishes over top or something it does make me wonder like what the collaboration's like at this stage how close they're working and also like it kills me what a perfect pairing these guys are really
1: good Really whenever
0: um, we often talk about creator-owned books, and it's like James O'Barr is why I want to, you know, do more Crow or do whatever he does. I'm following him. I don't want more Crow by itself. I want more James O'Barr Crow. Exactly. Mignola's done really well at finding artists like a, a Corbin or a Kevin Nolan, where like whenever they
1: step in and do a story with Hellboy. It's somehow still really amazing. Yeah, I think he considers the the artist, like really for the subject matter of like what that story will be. Uh, maybe not all of these Hellboy comics would be good. Richard Corbin Hellboy comics, yeah, but this be. one
0: certainly is. It could be his drawings of like the forest and the trees and stuff man, I love them. I, you know, I look, if you grow up in this kind of area, like you see the woods at night, you see these things where like those trees that look fine during the day are nightmares (laughs) when you're walking through them at four in the morning.
1: I just always wonder what he inks with, man. Like it just, it's such a unique line that I just, you don't see anything else like it. You see, it's the line that Kevin Eastman fetishizes about Richard Corbin that he tries to get, you know,
0: that's a good question. I mean, some of that info I imagine is out there. Like people must know some of it. And if you look close, like there's a really fine bit where like he'll sort of scratch out these little tiny marks. Yeah. And then there's like a big
1: heavy one that a lot of these backgrounds will have kind of dabbed in. Yeah. Like look at the that hat. That's one line, but it's got so much noodle to it. It's got so much bleed or something.
0: I mean, look, he's doing like pointillism sure. on the side of that face. Yeah. It's really putting a lot in here. And That'd be something. If people know about these tools, like, put these in the comments. Yes.
1: Yeah. And Stuart and is not being shy about taking that line art and rec- receding it and things, too. Ties in, like, a Croatoa reference. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We've seen that in the Batman comic. Uh, Batman Spawn, BC Comics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's like... uh you know, the, the Roanoke uh, yeah. pe- people who, who disappeared from that, like, little colony.
0: Exactly. You know, like, I, that was one of those early, like, um, unsolved mystery kind of things that captured my attention as a kid reading about that. What so, happened to those people? Yeah, Where'd they go? So, so fascinating. Stuff was carved on the trees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this kind of, like, outlandish imagery, very effective. Even just, like, the silhouette, you know, the uh, the dark face with the extra eyeball on it. Love all that stuff. That feels like something I imagine you let Corbin just, like, run with this, Richard. Let the man cook. There's going to be some some disgusting, de- deformed creatures. Let your imagination run wild.
1: Well, yeah, flip that page. You know, like, I mean, that's straight out of Mutant World. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the two heads, almost like uh, they could be co-joined twins or something up top. Yeah, and this is, this is what you don't want to happen when you're now walking through the woods with the witch who's screaming about the devil, you know, having her soul, and then this comes out. No good.
1: Yeah, that's that's a Steve Buscetta cameo right there. Like, like like that Spider Baby stuff that he would draw would be that type of gimmick.
0: Boy, Besette must be a huge Corbin fan, right? I'd imagine he must love Corbin. Yeah, feels like the monster stuff would be right up his alley. Certainly up mine. All of this stuff, like things like these frogs, and then like these worms and things. They they're very primal.
1: Yeah. A little bit of Love Lovecraftian and that kind of primacy. Absolutely, and and yeah, crustaceans. Uh, remember the word batrachian that uh, Lovecraft loves so much. It just means frog. They get into some of like
0: the idea of Hellboy and uh, the church and his origins, and that the devil can't get into the church. And it's like that's not that's not true. <laughs> Very reassuring. Not not what you want to hear. Kind of neat though to see like almost shades of the origin of Hellboy. You know, through uh, Corbin's
1: C- creating Creating that mythology, you know? Like, this very much feels like a 70s Corbin piece of art right there. Something that could show up in heavy metal. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, doing things like throwing Hellboy in shadow in the background. Just little details that make for a nice reading experience. And then this figure pops so much because of just it's just solid black around her.
1: Right. Yeah, and Stuart's going in there because, like this is a very modeled computer colored thing so like it would be odd to just leave that a singular color so he d- does some things
0: i was looking at a corbin collection of like you know basically a career retrospective of his mm-hmm. and like he's doing digital coloring in 90 192. he must have been one of the first guys to start doing digital coloring you know a guy who's pretty advanced in tool selection if he's going that far in love this old church these things dot the landscape where I grew up. Like yeah. you can find churches that are, I hate to say abandoned, but that's what they are. Right. You know, and so you see them in this kind of state of decay, and uh, even the fence around it feels like a really well considered piece.
1: Totally. Like this
0: is the sacred ground. You know, like the fence is just a marker to show you uh, where we're at. And this old preacher man,
1: straight out of Central Casting, a hundred percent, a hundred percent.
0: There's white eyes that just suggest blindness. Yeah. That's, uh, we've seen him in a hundred B-movies. He even has a little bit of that tilt to his head. A little bit of crookedness little, little crooked,
1: to, uh, crooked man shits. to his
0: being. Ghost spirits being
1: drawn in. Now the hillbillies are showing up. Oh, man. It's so good. Like, yeah, it's like they keep, the hills have eyes or something. Totally. like uh, yeah, all, all, the, all that stuff, man. Where the city slickers go off into the wilderness. They talk that shit on the way to wilderness and it all comes back on them look at them dude like see it's this shit that like imagine just the artwork super yellowed on a piece of uh, newsprint
0: yeah it's great it's great stuff
1: it would really feel like it's like some shit that um alistair crowley would jerk off to or something
0: i love the gnarliness of the trees you know you're really showing tor suggesting torment through just the the tree shapes and stuff outside and also being surrounded in this decrepit church.
1: Central Casting Hillbillies, man. I, I, I see, I see... Uh,
0: Get some locals for the extras. I see
1: Mammy Yoakum <laughs> from Little Abner in there. I see uh, a lot of stuff. The The Sea Hag.
0: Yeah, and you see how much our good looking witch stands out in this setting.
1: Yeah. Got the natural fucking big juggies that Richard Corbin is known for. Right next to goddamn the Sea Hag. Incredible. And there's our crooked man well lit.
0: And we're gonna end our, our issue with a shot of that just demented crooked man.
1: Yeah, well lit. Nose hairs. The Bobby disgusting. Brown He has the Bobby Brown jaw.
0: Just disgusting. Perfect. This is funny. A little a little uh, one-pager on Witch Ball. I don't know if it's in. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. And uh, they they kind of reference in the letters page about how this would have been like right out of a Warren mag like Thousand one
1: of 1000%. 1000%. You know, just uh, there's another horror host right there. Awesome. I was wondering how that would fit in. I thought it was going to introduce the uh, next issue. See, that's so interesting cuz like you end the issue with that and then it becomes like whatever. If you started it with that then it would be it would change the tone of everything see the on mine the, the end is not in there uh but it would change the tone of the whole thing to to make the comic be a warren nod it's
0: very strange to have this in the middle of the story like in the collected edition like yeah, this yeah. one pager it's a one-off
1: totally I, I i'm sure it's just dashed in there i'm sure it's just like, hey, let's, let's left it. and
0: rights i guess correct all right man so here we go into our conclusion the big showdown right crooked
1: man's outside the church our heroes are inside the church we're gonna sort this out look at these daubs, you know like those marks i just don't understand you know i don't know how you get those marks it's it's like sharpie marker or something
0: it does make me wonder if he's doing something with markers and he's got like two or three sizes of them
1: always been a mystery always been something i've been trying to unpack with the man
0: yeah, and I think he changes tools. You know, you you know, it's hard to look at a bunch of like a body of his work and think, oh, he uses this or that. I think he's very malleable in the tools that he uses.
1: Yeah, but there will be like den pieces that will have like a black line of just like this, but then it will be that like painted shit. It's so so awesome. I'm I ain't questioning nothing. I'm just curious.
0: This is, I feel like, a great moment of the devil. Um, yeah, the seduction. Yeah, yeah. Like this feels like something that would be biblical or maybe cinematic. I don't even know, but it feels like the devil. Where it's like, oh, old preacher man, let's see what the price is.
1: Let's make you young. Let's restore your uh, your give, vision. Give let's you give you everything. gold. Yeah. yeah let's like, build this church back up. Yeah, we'll hook you up with the church, man. We'll make you young again. You know, I've seen something, something online. Is it's kind of been a meme uh, floating around where it's like you would pay any price to feel the way you feel right now, 20 years from now. And that just has been in my mind. And it's like, yeah, like he, he would actually could have gotten that just for the, you know, this is the Faustian bargain part of the comic.
0: It's super out of the Bible, you know, it's Job being tested and, and tempted and stuff. You know, I feel like that's over and over again in the Bible, you find those stories and uh, that's, man, and it's devastating, you know, like, you're gonna restore him to youth, and there's his young
1: bride. Right, yeah. They're talking about his old uh, habits, man. Like all the, all the chicks he laid laid the dick down to, man. Abigail Riley, isn't that the most perfect kind of Appalachian name?
0: Yeah, pretty pretty strong.
1: And there she is now, dude. And look at Hellboy ste-
0: stepping in between, and uh, let me save you.
1: That see, that's an indicator, man, because that's pointillism, and those are like that's a that's a big red uh, rapidographs. Yeah, you know what? This could easily be
0: rapidographs. That would give you, uh, two or three of them would give you those different weights and get in there with archival ink.
1: Yeah, man. <laughs> there goes the church. <laughs> while, while like, the deliverance folk are just watching.
0: Yeah, they're closing in. Hellboy being overcome by these uh, zombie-like apparitions. The preacher just, just praying his, his ass off
1: great folded hands mm-hmm. uh we we often cheat that uh these days because you could find that hand or you could just snap a pick and fucking trace it off but these are drawn and lit and inked and even big gnarly knuckles like old yeah. arthritic uh fingers totally
0: and believe me i've seen plenty of those around uh, appalachia yeah man. that's a that's a working uh at least where i grew up oh yeah he never takes off a,
1: a panel on that crooked man either. Every huh. time you
0: see him, he looks terrible.
1: Yeah, and and like you see dudes with that exact mouth, like like the teeth that are that like where it's like receding gums that where it makes the, each tooth this big and skinny. You know,
0: there's your young Hellboy too, like the flashback to the origin story. Yeah, look
1: at it close with the uh, rapidograph hatching in there. very subtle palette you know very gray
0: yeah and the big story is he's after that bone yeah that cat bone that has whatever power is in
1: there and the dude who used like he used some black magic in the past and feels like he almost deserves whatever's coming to him so there's like a guilt involved here
0: that feels pretty true to me in terms of like human psychology totally you know, um, sometimes we'll say Catholic guilt, yeah. but I mean, like, I don't know that it's, that it's a religious thing only, you know. I feel like uh, people I know that have grown up, you know, if they, if they leave the area and they find success, it's almost like
1: they betrayed their people. Sure, yeah. And, and also, I mean, just like as a kid, like if you, you if, what, what do you say the first time you get drunk too much, man? I deserve this. I'll never do it again. I <laughs> right. swear I'll never do it. I deserve, this. I'm so stupid. And it's like that kind of, where you, when you do something bad and you're being hard on yourself, Right. Uh, that's very human. I love this
0: stuff of mixing in things like, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. You know, like you're throwing in, you're mixing all these kind of mythologies, yeah. like some are religious, and you combine that with something that's like witchcraft that maybe isn't quite as hardwired into, at least into me. Um it really adds something to it you know like it really sort of adds this almost like this you know like tapestry of it, different yes. belief good systems good work. all meeting here and it's very unsettling minyola does the work he turned out to be a really good writer yeah you know so many of these cartoonists show up and maybe they're adequate with their own you know
1: action fight scenes or something like that and i feel like he's a really legit good writer yeah, totally. And, and he, he stays doing research, man. Usually I have some vague plot idea before I start doing research for a story. Not this time. Other than locations, I had no idea what I was going for. Fortunately, over the years, I picked up a couple collections of Appalachian folktales, knowing this day would eventually come. uh sat down, started reading, circling bits. Uh, I wanted to use witch balls, cat bones. Before I got halfway through the book, all those bits cobbled themselves together into the story that you read before you. Uh, The goal was to do something that had the feel, the authenticity of those folk tales without being an adaptation of any one of them specifically. Throw in that uh, Manly Wade Wellman's John character who wandered the Appalachian Mountains with his guitar fighting monsters.
0: Amazing, I can't wait to track some of that (laughs) stuff down. Um, Wow, it's cool to see folk tales is what he calls this because this is an area that's rich these days in conspiracy lore of the history of like weird phenomena. Um, I don't know if that's conspiracy is the right... But, you know, like, the language changes how we describe these things. Right. But folktales would be one, you know, throughout the past. And just that, the oddness of certain areas, you know, and I feel like the mountains and the valleys in those mountains hold a lot of secrets. A lot of unexplained stuff has happened over the years in these places. Man, we used to... I used to go coon hunting, you know, at night. And it'd be, like, certain areas where it's, like, you just don't go hunting there.
1: My my dad got shot in the leg uh, messing around in... uh areas he he's not supposed to be
0: again going back to
1: that lovecraftian kind of finality can you go back one real quick man like i'm in the headspace of no longer taping down my my paper and doing perspective yeah. stuff like do you think he eyeballs that Because it feels so natural, you know? It doesn't feel like it's gridded off in things. It does feel like like,
0: you could eyeball that pretty easily, you know? You just draw a couple of, not parallel lines, but, you know, almost like a freehand grid for your perspective and get after it.
1: And with that same thought, when you flip the page, uh, same deal here. You have kind of a three-point perspective, but you could just fudge that.
0: Yeah, I don't know the answer, but I love that you get to see two versions of that, like this... You know, in its prime versus in its current state of decay, yeah,
1: yeah, another example of just like the that, that great stuff I love about comics
0: this is a very weird choice, the foosh it's such a cartoon in the middle of this story, yeah, graphically, it feels like that's the least fit,
1: yeah, because like we have so much of this it's a, it's the same moment as this, but we don't have none of that you you don't need a foosh to tell us that what has happened, so it's. It's an odd affectation. With com with, like Alex Tothian, comment. Alex Toth comes in stage left to letter of, a panel of yeah of Hellboy uh, for some reason.
0: This is a great single page in my mind. This, this is, is the the you know the last dangling thread of this story is Effie Cobb right? And she's finally aged and then you finish the cycle of this story with that harness yeah and her transformation into a horse
1: yeah like this bit that gutter like that is the magic of comics to me so much man is thinking about this disparate image this disparate image one piece of connective tissue between the two and yeah, your brain just does the work that it's my absolute favorite thing about this medium that we enjoy
0: yeah super cool story and again love that setting love uh mignola's notes yeah that's really cool to have um one of the, the Appalachian writers I like a lot is Chris Offut, and uh, I would recommend his short story collection if people are interested in kind of the history of Appalachia, at least in fiction. Um, he's done some cool stuff, but Kentucky Straight is his short story collection that got me hooked on his writing, and if you do go down the Chris Offit, uh rabbit hole, his father is a very interesting guy, and he wrote a, uh, a kind of a memoir biography of his father that um, I'd recommend to comics fans as well, but it's a little bit different. <laughs>
1: Here, let's leave uh, things on a uh, Mike Mignola-drawn Crooked Man.
0: Oh, cool. Pretty cool, huh? If you showed me just that, I I don't know if I would say uh, that was... Oh, no, these are Richard Corbin sketches. Oh, shit. I was going to say I wouldn't know that that was a Mike Mignola drawing. Cool to see his pencils. Yeah. Corbin's, I mean, there. Yeah. That's really neat. Yeah, nice. These library editions are
1: sweet. Great, great comic. Super fun to chat about uh, this and for those playing at home it's uh, volume four yeah i was so excited to uh get to read this finally you know, it took me a lot of find. but I, got, I was missing issue two i got a lot of corbin pulled uh when the dark horse books come out like I'm, I'm getting all of those so we should just fucking nail his body of work we have a richard corbin playlist one of the most visually exciting independent comics creators of all time he's
0: been really fun for me because as i've been getting little pieces here and there hard guy to track down hopefully the dark horse reprints make it easier for people to find his work yeah um but as a result i've been reading it in piecemeal because it is kind of hard to find a lot of it's out of print and uh it's been great like every piece feels like
1: a revelation so fun man good to go yep okay favors like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell we'll notify you when new vids are available uh the videos can be supported by you the kayfaber by joining the patreon Uh, become a king kayfaber you get all the videos before anybody else and you're hanging out with us in the chat right now as we record these videos but the vids are brought to you by the books that we make so jimmy tell the people what you have
0: street angel princess of poverty is coming out this summer from image comics it's celebrating 20 years of street angel and it collects all the street angel comics that are not in street angel deadly Scroll live also available from image comics You can also pick up Hulk Grand Design and The Plain Janes, and you can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug, where I am serializing my latest comics every Tuesday.
1: Hip-Hop Family Tree Omnibus coming out later this year, 2023, celebrating the 10th anniversary of Hip-Hop Family Tree, celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip-hop as a culture. 504 pages, going to be collecting the four volumes of Hip-Hop Family Tree Treasury Edition books out there. 140 pages plus of new artwork and material that is not in those four volumes so you need it's like a whole book and a half extra of uh, content. Red Room is starting up again there are two trade paperbacks of it out there in the wild and Red Room Crypto Killers issue number one is coming out in May it's going to start coming out on a monthly basis there's your cover for issue number two murder on the dark web for fun and profit is the name of the game. There are three volumes of X Men Grand Design comics that I have made, and WYSIWYG is out there. Support the bibliography, keeps these videos going. Uh, name a couple of other ways, man, that the K- KFABers can support the channel, Jimmy. Subscribe to
0: the Cartoonist KFABE newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist KFABE t shirts, merchandise, hats, mugs, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also
1: under this video. Great ways to keep the channel going. Give them those marching orders, Jimmy. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.